This week on The Reverse Stick, we get technical and technological. Tammy Stanley will join us from Auckland to talk officials and we go inside South Africa's Premier Hockey League as we hand over the keys to our Instagram account. And welcome to The Reverse Stick. My name's John Lee and I'm joined by my co-host every week, Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, John, and welcome everybody to episode 24. Thanks so much to all of you out there for downloading and getting involved with the first, uh, look, and getting involved with the reverse stick. Um, geez, there's uh, a lot going on and we've got some great stuff coming up today. There's Plenty. Uh, Tammy Stanley, uh, FIH technical delegate coming live from Auckland very soon in the show. And what else we got going on, John? Kristen Payton. From uh, the Daisies, from the Premier Hockey League in South Africa, is going to join us about a big Instagram takeover. Yes. I don't know what that is or what it means, but I'll be finding out from you and Kristen a little bit later. Yeah, it's a bit of new ground for us, and uh, looking forward to hear from the Namakwalan Daisies in South Africa's Premier Hockey League. Great, uh, great that Kristen's getting on board, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to what pops out of that Instagram account of ours. This weekend. And we've also got the launch of the Dream Team. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, but we've got all the details a bit later on in the show, and uh, we welcome you all to have a crack. That's right, the Atlas Hockey Dream Team from the Men's Hockey World League Finals in Odisha. And, uh, yeah, get on board with that, and we'll tell you all about that later on in the show. But before all that, Matt... News. Uh, straight off with the news, I guess we'll head to the big tournament that's going on, the Sentinel Homes Hockey World League Finals, taking place in Auckland and New Zealand at the moment. We heard all about the lead-up to the tournament last week uh, when John Whiting joined us from Hockey New Zealand. We're now at the halfway stage of the tournament uh, as we're recording and just going into the quarterfinals. And uh, not too many surprises so far, is there, John? No, looking at the results, it's uh, pretty much as gone as you'd, you'd expect it. And what, what I found interesting is there's only been one result of 4-0. That's the biggest difference between the teams so far. That's New Zealand, who haven't had a great tournament, and the Netherlands, who are absolutely on fire. So um, when you look through the scores, it hasn't been... It's been quite a close tournament. When we consider, we've talked about how how easily and quickly when a team gets on can score goals. You know, a top-class team can easily have three or four put past them in a short space of yeah. time. So, um, you know, Netherlands have probably been the highlight. Argentina are very good. Yeah, Argentina look, look great. I, I watched their, um, their, their win the other night against Germany and... Uh, yeah, they, they punish them in the right places. One of the thing about those Argentine, Argentinian girls, it's the ticker that they've got. And, uh, geez, they don't have to put in a shift. Oh, yeah, they go, they go very well. Korea, um, I, I think they suffer the same problem the men do, and that's they don't score enough. I think they, they play the sort of hockey that can win your tournaments, but they just got to get goals in. Yeah, they're always a very good defensive unit. Yeah. You know, they, they went down 3-0 to the, to the Dutch in the pool game there. Um, Got a, a 1-1 draw with um, the US and a 2-1 win against New Zealand. So, like you say, only three goals scored there. Um, but keeping the Dutch to threes, that's no mean feat. And you've got to feel a little bit sorry for the Chinese. They drew Argentina, Germany, and um, what was the other team that was in there? Ar- Argentina, Germany, and the Netherlands in their pool. Um, 
No, so, no, not the Netherlands. Wasn't, oh, not the Netherlands, sorry, I got the wrong. England. England. Yeah, England. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went um, down 4-1 in the final pool game to England. So yeah. England will be very happy with that result. They lost a tight one, 1-0 to, to Argentina, uh, early on and they went down 2-0 to Germany in their opening game there. Uh, so I would think probably, uh, England would be the one of the teams that are slightly disappointed with, with where they've, um, ended up so far. But as we know, it's all to play for now. We're into the quarterfinals. Mm. And, uh, so we mentioned last week, it's the, Reverse pools, so top of one pool plays bottom of the other pool. So uh, the matchup that we see before us. Sorry, John. Oh, I was going to say we are uh, we'll speaking more about this with uh, Tammy Stanley, our feature interview this week. That's right. Yeah, looking forward to having a chat with Tammy. Um, she's the FIH technical delegate for the tournament that's over there. Uh, we do know Tammy from hockey over over here in Perth and uh, know her pretty well from around the club. So it'll be great to have a chat with Tammy shortly in situ at the tournament and, uh, yeah, see, see what's going on. Second week running in NZ, you know, we, we tend, to, the, the Kiwis will be saying it's a Kiwi hockey podcast, so. <laughs> um, back to the quarterfinals, though. Sorry, yeah. And of course, uh, we will discuss later the idea that it's, it's one versus eight. Once you get to the quarterfinals, all the teams are still in there, but you're seated to play against the, the lowest r- ranked team possible for your, Ranking, however that works. Well, you laughed. You laughed at me in last week's show with regard to maybe there being a tactic for a team to lose all of their pool pool games and lull the opposition into a false sense of security. Well, we might just see that tonight with Argentina versus New Zealand. Well, yeah, you never know because you only have to win one now, and you're into the semis, and then you win one, and you're into the great gold medal game, and you win one, and you're champions. So you know anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, just going to happen. Now, those quarterfinal, the first quarterfinal is got underway as we're recording. Uh, that would be the Germany Korea game. Uh, Argentina and New Zealand follow up next. And then, uh, tomorrow there'll be USA, England, Netherlands, China. Obviously, the timing of all this is a bit awkward for us as far as getting results and talking about these things, but that's the status as we see it at the moment. That's right, yeah, well, New Zealand's way ahead of us with time as well. So I've enjoyed some of the timings of some of the games. We've managed to catch a couple of afternoon games. And, of course, you can watch these games either through your uh, broadcast partner or through the FIH YouTube channel. Some of you might have to pay for it. Some of you might get it for free. Just so we lay them on the line a little bit here, Matt. Um, Germany, Korea, you'd think the Germans would win that. Argentina, New Zealand, you'd think Argentina would win that. Netherlands, China, you'd think the Netherlands would win that. USA and England. Could go is, the, way. is that the is that the one that could switch? Yeah, could go either way. I've seen some um, great performances from both groups, and uh, yeah, could go anyway. But I think you're right on those first three. Poor toss a coin. England sneak it one 0 uh, Okay, I'll go the US just so that we have got something and to good. brag about next All week. Right, then, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's unlike. I don't think we're going to see anything but. An Argentina-Netherlands final. Um, could be wrong, though. Yeah, wait and see with these results. So it'll be, it's been some good hockey, too, for those of you who've been able to uh, catch it. Um, all the rubbish we've been talking about broadcasting and all the rest in the last few months. Uh, it seems like we're finally sort of getting some sort of deal that works for most people, at least at this stage. Uh, I personally haven't been able to watch it because I don't subscribe to the service that is providing it in this country but I'm not upset about that that's my choice but it is available and it's available live that's it and you know what What more can you ask for the, well, the only thing you can ask for is free broadcast globally so the whole world can watch the game for free and truly grow it 
but I'm not quite living in reality. I don't think there. No, no. I, I would suggest that the um, English Premier League model proves your point wrong. Yeah. In, in, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Um, some more results then. What else has been going on? Well, look, I'll just a quick backtrack on last week. We did miss out on giving you the results from the Central American and Caribbean Games qualifying tournament that had happened in Jamaica. Uh, uh, Jamaica and Guyana won the men's and the women's titles respectively. Um, the Jamaican men were actually crown winners um, due to the lights failing for the final game against <laughs> Guyana. Um, so those teams will now make their, their way through to the Central American and Caribbean Games, which of course then provides opportunities to qualify for the Pan Am Cup. So it's a, a long road for some of these uh, some of these sides. And I really love some of the all the games were streamed live. Um, the let's say, relaxed nature of the commentary from the Jamaican team was highly uh, entertaining and soothing after listening to some of the high-energy Spanish commentary <laughs> just, just beforehand. <laughs> so there was a nice balance, uh, balance there to enjoy. Um, we've also had the NCAA Division I final um, in the States, so that's the, the college competition there. The national champions are UConn, uh, it's his third national title in five years, and they beat Maryland 2-1 um, in the championship final Sunday last. And uh, great result there. It's a bit hard to keep up with everything that's going on there with the states, and I know that there's different divisions and titles, so there will have been a, a lot of people that, that are, will be crowned as champions across the country. Um, but that's a, a very compact short season that they, they get in there, isn't it? Oh, it is. Uh, one thing we should note about that competition, the NCAA, is that is a huge sporting competition in the context of the American market, and and it's important to sports importance to sports people. I mean, once once you leave college, in a lot of sports in America, there's not much for you to do unless you're going to play professionally. Yeah, it, it's like uh, for for a lot of people, it's the pinnacle of the game. In, in many ways of, of their particular sport is the, the college athletics in the US and it's it's a model that we've uh, mentioned before Terry Walsh we should dig that out for a Christmas special actually um, his thoughts on the American college system and the pros and cons of it but it's, it's a very important competition and it's important that hockey has a place in it just to note what a, uh, a fantastic season that they'd had there at UConn they uh, had an unblemished 22-0 uh, win record there for the year so they're obviously attracting some very good players there well I've got a personal attachment to the NCAA and go Nittany Lions go the Lions Penn State rah 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 (laughs) rah 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 indeed you know that's what they do you know the cheerleading's coming into the Olympics is it well, just a, you, know, you might be a go at that with the rah rah rah. Oh, it's a pity that the uh, I'm look pretty good in a skirt too. Oh, I doubt that very much. Um, it's a pity that they don't introduce um, uh, rock paper scissors, isn't it, John? To, it is um, to to the Olympics. Um, you obviously being a former state champion yeah. uh, here in Western Australia, rock paper scissors. Well, you know, share the story. You Top were, eight in the nation. You, well, you, you went you went to the nationals um, over I on did. the Gold Coast. Yeah. How, did, how did you go there? Um, yeah, I, I came in top eight in the nation. In the nation, yeah. jeez, almost, almost. Well, I could have been there. Almost, you almost wore the green and gold. Is a what bit you're more saying, de- Well, you know, when I look at it technically, at old vision of it, obviously I needed to do a bit more work with my thumbs. I wasn't quick enough on my thumbs, and uh, you know, I wasn't far off though. What, where do you, how do you use your thumb in rock paper scissors? 
Hey? Scissors. You got, you, you got seeds. That's a gun. Hey? No, scissors is just two gun. fingers. You don't, you don't put the, your thumb up as well, oh, otherwise people think you, you're threatening them. Your thumb is an important part of the oh, What would I know? I didn't win any time. Well, that's right. Thumb is part of the theatrics of rock, paper, scissors. Wow. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Um, what else have we got? Australia played Japan in their test series, which Australia what was clean sweep. Yeah, yeah that, that's the Australian women team taking on the Japanese uh, over the last weekend. Um, who else has been playing? GB in Germany. Oh yes, third the third game there. Uh, the third game there was won by the Germans five two. So they more goals. You know, a lot of goals. A lot of goals. Well, the Germans scored thirteen over this course of three games. So they're obviously in a bit of form at the moment. English with a little bit to do. It might have been the dome that put off the English. They, you know, they might and they be, got a roof on it. Uh, the, on the stadium they played in Germany, oh, yeah. Okay. Was it Mannheim they played? Yeah, Mannheim. Um, yeah, that, that one's uh, similar to the um, the field at Spooky Nook, the the second field that they've got there where the um, Pan Ams were held in the States. Oh, Lancaster, okay. Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Now, that one's those not... Uh, rated for international hockey. Yeah, the, no, the field indoor isn't, no. no. Um, what else has been going on in hockey? I think it's mainly been the Hockey World League this week. Yeah, that's it. That's it for, you know, news-wise. We could dig further, but we've got so much to bring you, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be chatting very soon to Tammy Stanley from Auckland. And no sooner did I just r- release the intro there, we have Tammy Stanley joining us from Auckland at the Sentinel Homes Hockey World League Finals. And uh, Tammy's there, as I mentioned before, as a, a technical delegate for the FIH. So she's uh, sitting down with a whole group of other technical officials and uh, support team there and doing a really great job for hockey. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us today on The Reverse Stick. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to uh, you've been able to get a little bit of spare time dead set in the middle of the tournament there. Uh, how are you finding things initially in Auckland? Oh, everything's been going really well over here, actually. Um, I'm, I'm just waiting for the penny to drop. The teams have been absolutely fantastic. Um, competition's been going really well, and um, we're looking forward to the quarterfinals kicking off this evening in a couple of hours. Now, you're there in the role of technical director. Could you just explain to the listeners what that role is all about and, and what, what you do over there at the moment? Absolutely. So I'm over here as a technical delegate, and uh, my role is just making sure that all the teams actually adhere to the tournament regulations, so as outlined by FIH. So just making sure that um, we started initially doing things like equipment checks early on in the tournament, and then as the tournament moves along, just making sure that nothing sort of untowards is going on that's outside the regulations and then working with the technical officer and judges that are looking after the games and making sure that that all runs smoothly pitch side as we go along. So, Tammy, how, how do you end up doing this in the world of hockey? <laughs> um, there's a lot of different pathways, but mine actually, I came through as a sports administrator. So... Um, I got involved working for Hockey WA back in, or when it was the um, Waha, actually, back in 1999. And um, my role there was competitions manager. And as a competitions manager there, I actually got involved in looking at running the local benches. And um, then as I sort of moved along in the years, I got a bit more experience. I had a couple of years working at Hockey Australia in the competitions role as well. And... um, Whilst I was doing that, I got the opportunity to work with a number of the best tournament directors in the world, 
um, in a volunteer capacity, helping them when they were over here doing tournaments, and I really enjoyed doing that. So when I had the opportunity to continue doing this and, and um, get given the appointments in Oceania when I finished there, I, I um, took that opportunity and have ended up where I am now. So we'll just rewind a little bit. It sounds uh, fascinating. We've had Keely Dunn from FH Umpires on the show before talking about different pathways and different opportunities for umpires. But obviously we all start out in the game somewhere. What's what's your hockey history? <laughs> My hockey history was um, I played at school, but that was sort of it because I had to pick a school team to play with and decided that hockey was the way to go. And then um, wasn't actually much involved in hockey for a long time after that, but when the opportunity came up after I finished university to work for um, the Hockey Association, I thought that it was really important for me to then get back involved since I was working in the sport. So I started playing um, and uh, I took up playing as a goalkeeper. And when I started playing, I also started um, officiating because I thought I had to do the appointments for the technical officials for the games in their competition. And I thought if I'm going to be doing the appointments, I should actually find out what it's all about. So um, so that's how I got involved. But a lot of people actually come through the umpiring pathway. So some people that the officiate are ex-umpires that decided for whatever reason they couldn't or wouldn't umpire anymore. So that's another pathway that you can follow as well. It's interesting you say about feeling that uh, responsibility to, to take the game up again. There was uh, a couple of weeks ago, Field Hockey Canada had appointed a new media and marketing guy there, and he, he wasn't from a hockey background, but within two weeks of starting the job, he was already playing hockey. <laughs> uh, I just think it's really important for anyone involved in a sporting organisation, whatever it is, you need to be down at the, uh, at the grassroots level finding out what's happening. There's no point in... Um, sitting in the office and, and trying to administer a sport if you don't actually understand the sport yourself. So for me, the best way to understand it, I'm a very hands-on learner, was to get out there and, and play and, and um, get on the benches and find out how they worked. I was just looking for the hallelujah sound, uh, sound effect, <laughs> and we couldn't uh, see it. Tammy, that's, um, we, we sp- in another podcast I do, we sp- talk quite often about how sports take on people from outside of their sport and put them into roles and sometimes it doesn't always work out, and a lot of the time it's probably because they don't have an intrinsic feel for the sport, but you've almost identified that problem yourself and taken <clears throat> steps to remedy it. Yeah, thank you. As I said, it's just, um, it was an interest, and I just think it's important, like you say, um, it's just my personal feelings that it's integral to being involved in a sporting organisation that, that you do that. Now, Tammy, if somebody's looking to follow the, the pathway that you have or something similar to get into the role that you're doing, whether that be through umpiring or tech bench officiating, um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the, the places you've visited and the things, that, you know, the, the, the things that you've done through doing this role? Oh, absolutely. I've been really fortunate and had some absolutely incredible experiences um, through doing this role. So... Um, at a domestic level, I've been had the opportunity to go to Port Lincoln with the Japanese team and go out on the um, tuna boats out there as part of an experience with a um, with a visiting international team. When I got to go and do an officiating role there, um, I've had the opportunity to go to Fiji and New Zealand numerous times, thanks to the Oceania Hockey Federation, and then. Um, more recently, I've had 
FIH appointments where I've had the opportunity to go to Glasgow for the Commonwealth Games, um, Leipzig in Germany for the Indoor World Cup, and obviously um, Rio in 2016 was an, an incredible experience. And for me, um, previous to this, you know, most amazing appointment, and then had the opportunity to get appointed here, which was um, which was quite a bit of a shock to myself when I got the appointment, but um, it's been just fabulous. Tammy, obviously hockey's taken you a lot of places and you've seen some wonderful sights, but in your role at a tournament, do you actually get to watch much hockey? <laughs> I see a lot of hockey, but I can't say I watch a lot of hockey. Yeah, right. So um, it's a really good question and it's it's a conversation that we have quite regularly as a technical group. Um, when you're out here at the game as a technical official, even if I'm not managing the game myself. So the team on the bench will tell you that they couldn't tell you what happened in the game other than when the goals were scored, substitutions were made, um, corners were called and those sorts of things because you're so focused on your role within a game at a tournament that you don't really get to see the game as a whole. Um, you're really concentrating on making sure that you do your job right and... I've, I've been fortunate in this role that I have had a much more opportunity to actually sit back and watch the games um, and get a good feel for what's going on. But depending upon your role you play at a tournament, that is a very good question because I know that the judges and TOs are involved in the game down pitch side are just intent on actually doing their jobs. So don't often get the opportunity to get the enjoyment out of the, the whole game as much now you mentioned before getting an FIH appointment. What what does an FIH appointment look like? What's, when do you find out about a leading to a tournament like this? Do you do you get a letter hand delivered? Is it a, a <laughs> telegram? <laughs> telegram? Um, well, the pathway to come through you start off. So, um, and so I guess I have to take a step back to be able to answer that question. So, when you actually start um, officiating, you, most people generally start at their um, local level. And then if they're identified as someone that looks like they've got the skills, they then get the opportunity that the state association should nominate them to the national associations and then hopefully they get national appointments. From then you get the opportunity for appointments through your continental federation. So for us that was um, Oceania. So it's sort of a bit of a process that you um, go through. So then from my appointments with the Oceania, every time we go to a tournament at that level, at a continental federation level, we get um, a report and the report gets sent back to FIH and um, sort of like a grading report, really. And once you get enough good grading reports, you um, hopefully make it onto the FIH panel, which is where I am now. And then once you're on the FIH panel, um, FIH has a competitions committee and an officiating committee and those um, committees are then involved in making the appointments and we get a fabulous email delivered into our inboxes saying congratulations you've been appointed too are you willing to accept or able to accept this appointment so um, you never know when it's going to happen and it's really quite exciting when it does. <laughs> Tammy how much um, training or education are you put through before you're accepted for these roles? Um, a lot of it's on the job training and um, doing things like that. So in terms of training now, we have within um, state and national organisations, we run training courses. 
So that's something I participated in um, when I was coming through. I was the pathway I came through was slightly different because most of mine was on the job training as as such, working with the technical delegates themselves, seeing how they ran the tournaments, how they communicated with people and things like that. Um, I now work with um, other technical officials to run training courses. So we had one um, in Western Australia where I live earlier this year. We ran a Level 2 training course. We have three levels that we can run. Um, The Level 2 is sort of training people what they need to do if they are running um, national championships or involved in um, the technical bench at national championships. And then um, we get the opportunity to move on from there. And so I've been over and run a training course in New South Wales as well. So you get um, you get the theory course in those, and then a lot of it is actually the practical being there, having the opportunity to do it, having people give you feedback. So in your role at the moment now, specifically at the Hockey World League Finals, are you one of these people that's providing feedback and doing the report forms for other guys there? Yes, I am. So um, at the to- at the end of the tournament, I'll be um, providing reports back on the officials that I've worked with. But I've got just such a fantastic group here that I'd, I-, I was really fortunate that I've worked with all of them before. And um, I'm really even more so fortunate that I've got Sheila Brown over here with me, who was the um, technical delegate for the women at the Rio Olympics. So she's been really fantastic working with myself and the team as well. And um, between us, you know, we've had a great time and been able to give feedback from different perspectives as well to the girls that we're working with. Tammy, as a, as a spectator, when I turn up to a game, uh, I'm, I assume that the players warm up before the game. I see them do a bit of a warm-up and then they play the game and that that's all I, I expect that and I assume that goes on. What, what about you guys? What do you do pre-game? Is there some sort of, <laughs> you know training thing that you go through to prepare or are you busy with documents and making sure everything's signed and sealed? Yeah, good question. Um, There's actually not an awful lot we do before the game as such. So um, before the game, our main role is just making sure that the teams have entered their their information correctly into their paperwork. So internationally now we run off a system called TMS, which is a live um, scoring system. So we need to make sure that the teams have entered their data into TMS correctly prior to commencing the match so that they've, you know, picked 11 starting players and they have two goalkeepers for the game and they've named a captain and those sorts of things. Um, So that's really all we do before the game. We're down there making sure that the clock's set up and the timing's right. But there's not a lot of um, work we need to do beforehand. It's it's all during the game, and then we just sort of always have a bit of a debrief at the end of the game. Was there anything unusual that happened and anything anyone picked up and wants to talk about? But over here, we've been really fortunate and things have been running nice and smoothly. Now, you're obviously away for quite a, while, a, a time at these tournaments. Um, mm. I hate to ask the question, but... Yeah, where does the money come from? It where, where does it, where does the cost lie for you, and what's taken care of by the FIH or the, the the host of a tournament? Yeah, look, we're really fortunate. We're looked after very well, so um, we get all our flights and accommodation and things like that, and and um, most of our food is covered over here in a daily allowance. So, in terms of cost to me personally, 
Um, I actually have to take leave. I'm a teacher, and um, because this tournament doesn't fall during my school holidays, I unfortunately have to take unpaid leave to come across. Um, that's a personal choice I make, and I know that it's something that um, the FIH is very aware of and um, are very conscious of moving forward. But it depends. A lot of a lot of technical officials um, just take holiday leave to come away because once we come across it doesn't cost us anything once we're here you know we're pretty well looked after and it's just a case of work-wise how we all go depending upon how many tournaments you get a year and when they fall and things like that well it's obviously it's you know it's it's a big impost and uh it's a, a lot of time that's taken up so there's there's obviously got to be some love for the game and and love for the <laughs> role that's um that's taking place there Oh, very much that. And it's also a case of having very supportive family networks back home. So um, a lot of us come away and, and have kids and, and things like that. So um, we do do it because we love the game and we'll continue to do it because we love the game and we're able to do it because we've got the support around us, which is just such a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's your yeah, hats off to the family back at home. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of family, Tammy, do you ever get any advice from the old man? <laughs> um, look, I must admit, he's, uh, the family has been touring with me uh, two occasions now. So um, we're really fortunate. It just depends upon what the tournament is and, and where it is and the level of tournament and things like that. But to be honest, um, once we're actually at tournament, we're usually so busy working because... Even though, as I said, there's not a lot to do pre-game, we, we constantly have meetings and things like that, making sure that everything's going as it should be and in preparation. So we have meetings around things like um, shootout competitions um, and all those sorts of things. So there's always quite a fair bit going on um, around a tournament that, that keeps us busy. Do you guys ever talk about players and player behaviour? amongst a group of umpires is that something that you guys discuss and maybe you know keep an eye on so and so they're starting to lose the plot or anything like yeah. that is there, is there, we're not asking for any individual names no. but could you say that there are some that are maybe more notorious than others oh look um i'd like to say that i leave that to the umpires and that's uh that's their job to control that on the field but if basically there's players that are um misbehaving on the field and the umpires are dealing with it, um, it then comes back to the technical delegate to then have to look into that. So if people are getting, um, have got a number of yellow cards or something like that, we, yeah, we have to absolutely, then it's my job to pull them in and have a conversation around um, code of conduct and things like that. So that is one thing that the technical delegate does have to do, as well as administer the regulations. We're in charge of um, administering any penalties or breaches of code of conduct. So once players get a certain number of cards, as you say, if they're continually misbehaving on the field doing the same thing, need to bring them in and have a bit of a conversation and say, you know, look, this is this is what we see is happening and, and why is it happening and it's probably not good enough. Or to be a fly on the wall for some of those conversations. <laughs> Jeez, my, my spine's tingling just at the thought of getting told off by you, Tammy. <laughs> Always with a smile, though. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling assassin. That's what scares me. <laughs> Tammy, we go speak a lot on our podcast about the fact that hockey is a global game. 
how's your Chinese? How do you go with the, some of the <laughs> foreign languages? Unfortunately, uh, my Chinese is not that flash, but um, the teams have interpreters over here, which is uh, which is really good. So if we've got any issues and we need to speak to any of the teams, um, they've got very good translators and very good managers, and um, and that's how we go and deal with that. Have you found the, the, the mood of the tournament there, of the locals being getting involved and, and getting into the stadium? Oh, it's been fantastic, actually. For the um, home games, we've had some pretty much sell-out crowds. The first day we had a sell-out crowd, which was absolutely fantastic. And um, we're hoping New Zealand are playing this evening. So, And it's beautiful weather over here today in New Zealand, so we're hoping that we should have another full house tonight um, with the quarterfinals on this evening. The, the locals have been really, really good. The organising committee here is absolutely amazing. Um, so we're fingers crossed for a packed house tonight. Yeah, well, it's it's do or die now come quarterfinal stage, isn't it? Absolutely, and anything can happen in quarterfinals, so we're watching this space. And we did talk last week in the show that it might be the policy for some size to lose their three pool games and then just uh, <laughs> save it all for the first quarterfinal game. Well, we're, we're in that situation with New Zealand now, aren't we? <laughs> Oh, goodness me. I know they've been uh, unfortunately quite disappointed with, with how they've gone and, and they will certainly be looking to turn that around this evening. Well, you, you know, they're, they're one win away from a semi-final really, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, they all know that they get to this time of um, the tournament and they actually are. It doesn't matter what's happened before here. If, um, if they don't come out to play in the quarterfinals, unfortunately, no matter how well they've done beforehand, they miss out. Yeah, and that's just the rub of the green. But we're we're all for knockout tournaments anyway. It's just uh, rather yeah. than this, oh, you lost, oh, you get another chance, you get another chance. And it's a bit unfair for a team that finishes top of one pool and maybe wins three games to have one-off yeah. one off game, lose out 1-0 to a dodgy decision, and uh, that's your tournament done. Mm. Hopefully they'd never lose out to a dodgy decision. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Oh, look, at the, at the same time, that, that sort of thing is what creates mythology in the sport too. You, you could be a team that finishes in eighth after the pools and, and make the gold medal game. You could win the tournament. Oh, look, and you do see teams do it. So, um, as I said, you get to this stage and anything is actually possible. It's a, it's a whole new ball game starting starting in the quarterfinals. So it's, everyone knows that it's, it's do or die. And it's a change in mentality and things like that. So Does that creep through to the technical officials as well, that, that sense that the players would be feeling or the, the supporters and the teams would have about the cutthroat nature of it all? Um, it's something that we're conscious of um, on how important it now becomes to all the team. And, but I'd like to think that um, our guys understand that every game is important for the teams, no matter what it is. So obviously for them now... There's a little more pressure on the, the teams and how they go. So we're conscious of that in terms of um, just trying to help out and, and keep things nice and calm down there. But other than that, it doesn't really affect us. You know, we've got a good team here and, and at most tournaments they've all been there, done that before. So it's just it's, it's another game that's just as important as the last one. It's fantastic to hear that mentality with it, Tammy. And, and look, the game certainly couldn't go ahead without the likes of yourselves and the team that are around you there. Um, it plays a, a massively important part, certainly in delivering top-level competition, but even down to you know club-level competitions and running running the bench there. Um, and it's probably one of those unsung roles um, that not every player at the game quite understands, and it probably wouldn't hurt for them to, to know a little bit more about it. 
No, absolutely. And, you know, we're always welcoming more people to come on board. We'd love to – I'm always happy, you know, to do any training and things we can. And I know that um, everyone around that, not even just in Australia where I'm from, but I know that all the technical officials around the world would be saying anyone that's interested in getting into this side of it, you know, that, that loves the sport but maybe is an armchair player or, you know, loves to play but just isn't good enough – to get to that next level but is interested in, in being able to be involved at that level, something like technical officiating is just such a great opportunity. Yeah, it provides that alternative pathway to still be involved with the best, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Tammy, what's um, the end game for you as far as your role roles that you're doing now are you happy where you are or can you see yourself moving up is there other roles that you've since discovered exist and think oh, wow I'd like to have a crack at that um no I, I'm really fortunate you know I've had the opportunity to be a sports administrator and and I've been a player and and where I am now is just great like I know that I've still got so much to learn um within the role and I've learned a lot over the years as well and I'm hoping that I'm at that point now where I can start imparting some of the knowledge that I've learned on others so I don't have an end game for me I just love doing what I'm doing at the moment and will continue to do so as long as I'm given the opportunity and along the way if I can um, learn a thing or two and impart some knowledge on someone else as well that will just make me happy. Super stuff, Tammy. It sounds very inspiring and uh, it's great great to hear. We're going to wrap things up now and I'm just going to leave, just say look, enjoy your last uh, few days there in Auckland and looking forward to some fantastic games over the weekend. The podcast will be out uh, towards the end of the week, so we'll still be in the balance when most people are listening to this. So have you got any predictions who you think might take out the tournament? Oh, I don't know. I think, uh, to be honest, the uh, the Netherlands have been playing uh, extremely slick hockey, so it will be very hard to beat. But as I said, coming into the finals, anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, you only need one bad afternoon, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so no, watch this space over the next couple of days. We certainly will be, oh, and yeah. you should be able to catch it in most parts of the world, if not on your local broadcast provider through YouTube whether it be for free or pay-per-view. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to get some insight into the role and and hopefully it's a bit of interest out there for our listeners that might be keen to get involved in some of the technical jobs. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome and thank you very much for the opportunity. Cheers, Tammy. All the best. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. And that was Tammy Stanley. She's a technical director, or sorry, technical delegate at the current Hockey World League Finals in Auckland for the ladies. And, um, well, we've, as we mentioned before, we know Tammy from around hockey here in Perth. And she's uh, a great personality, Tammy. I didn't get a chance to um, to jump in on um, John's comment there as well about what does your old man think or something along those those lines. <laughs> and rather than it sounding uh, as though he's a bit making a few too many assumptions about Tammy's uh, personal life, we do know Tammy's husband Ev. Um, probably one of the funniest things, I guess, is that um, if you ever knew Ev as a player, um, him getting together with an umpire. Oh, wow. Yeah. You wouldn't have seen it coming. <laughs> no, it was great of Tammy to join us today. And um, 
what a journey that's taken her on but I, I think the, the thing I love about it and the thing also you know when we spoke to, to Keely Dunn from FH Umpires is that uh, these guys are really passionate about the role that they do and I think they serve as great ambassadors to inspire future technical officials, officials future umpires like, like Tammy said that you, you might not be able to aspire to be the greatest player but you've still got something that you can provide that, um, at a level of excellence that can service that game well and you know what we do sit on our bum in a shed talking Oh dear. <coughs> well, hockey needs that sort of thing occasionally, doesn't it? Um, we've got something big to announce. Yes, finally. We, we've given you a teaser um, over the past couple of weeks with regard to a Dream Team Fantasy League competition. Well, we're finally there. The, the squads are now in for the Men's Hockey World League Finals in Babaneshwa, uh kicking off on the 1st of December. And uh, we're really pleased to be able to bring to you alongside Atlas Hockey and um, Hockey Manager. You'll find them at hockeyman.net. You'll hear lots of that uh, address being repeated. Um, our very first Atlas Hockey Dream Team competition at the Hockey World League Finals. So this is an opportunity for you to, to be the coach and make the selections for your team and uh, enter a team in the competition. We've got some great prizes which you'll be able to find out about over the next few days on our social media feeds and on our website. You'll be able to find out about the Dream Team competition at thereversestick.net forward slash dream team. So that'll give you all your, your details on how to enter. Um, so it's essentially you'll go to the hockeyman.net website and find the the Atlas Dream Team competition on there and get in, select your team. There's also a nice little um, link in to um, take part in the predictions side of the competition, which you can earn some extra points towards uh, to winning the prizes there. So we've got prizes for first, second and third, and we've also got a club prize. So this is where well, we really want to get people from your club on side and to, to get involved with the game. So when you go on to the, the page and you um, put your pseudo or your username in there, um, just after that we want you to put a little hashtag and then your hockey club's name, so Winchester Hockey Club, or just put Winchester HC, keep it nice and short, but make sure it's identifiable for your club mates. And then there's a competition for a club prize, um, which, which will be worked out as uh, an average of the points scored within your club you need a minimum of 10 of your club mates to join in on that and also if you want to set up your own competition within your club and you want to get a few bucks or a few pounds or a few euros out of um, your club mates and run your own little competition you can obviously do that and you'll be able to use the ranking system on the website to determine who is top of the pile for your club uh, so yes keep, keep an eye on our social media over the next couple of days Facebook Twitter and now Instagram, all at the reverse stick. John? Uh, what I wanted to say was about in relation to this competition is this is very much an experiment for us. We're dipping our toe in the water here a little bit, but we have a, um, a, a model in mind for further on down the track that where we see uh, hockey as a whole be able to benefit from running this sort of style competition on the internet. And Obviously, these fantasy dream teams are very popular in other sports, and there's a bundle of websites 
that have uh, offer this stuff for other sports, but there's not one that's really suited and specialised to hockey. Apart from hockeyman.net. Hockey but, so, but one of the, one of the things uh, within that is that it's about getting the word out that it's yeah. something that does actually exist, and so hopefully we're going to help to grow that site for uh, for Javier and hockeyman.net, um, and also you know perhaps. Introduce the Reverse Stick podcast to a few people out there that might not naturally listen to podcasts or, or you know, maybe not on the social media so much. So you play a massive part in this in spreading the word um, around your club mates and uh, it'd just be a case of sending them a link and say, hey, get on this and register a team. And at the end of the day, guys, you've got to be in it to win it. That's it. And we'd like your feedback as well to understand how, how better to implement, how better things we can do, changes we could potentially make and... You know, try and kick it off and give some, use it to give something back to the hockey community as well. Yeah, and uh, we're really grateful of um, Atlas Hockey getting on board with this as well. Um, you know, the, this com- the, you can go onto the website now, um, hockeyman.net, and you can enter some of the competitions for the Belgian League, the German League, the Dutch League. Oh, sorry, not the Dutch League, just Belgian German. I think maybe French at the moment. Um, but there, there is an opportunity to, to win a prize per se on that. But get involved with the uh, the Atlas. Um, Hockey World League uh, competition and he has some opportunity to win some great prizes and hopefully build a little bit of friendly competition across the hockey community and we'll be bringing you updates through the podcast we might even put out a few little bonus podcasts with some results and things to uh, to let you know who's uh, who's doing well and who's down in the doldrums yes that's all coming up in uh, the next week hopefully I'll win Next couple of days. Oh, can I mention the added bonus? Go I'm going to put a team in, but I'm going to put a team in of people that haven't been chosen by anybody else. So you're going to leave it right to the last minute to make your selection? I am. I'm going to leave it as late as possibly possible. And so all of those players that you might think are the ones to choose in your team will all be gone, and I'll be going for the little hidden gems and see how we can make it make that work. Well, this is the great thing about competitions like this. The, the rankings for your budget on, on it are based on international caps. So you might know that there's a uh, an 18-year-old gun striker who's only played 10 games or 5 games, um, you know, looking to make a debut or first tournament. They might have ten goals in them and shoot you right up the uh, the charts with your team. What's that guy's name again? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But that's the hockey man. Hockey man. Hockey man. Done that. But you, you'll be able to go to our website to reverseict on that forward slash dream team. All the terms and conditions and rules. Uh, but if you want to get ahead and, and get signed up, yeah, head to hockeyman.net and uh, get involved, guys. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Uh, I'm John Lee, Matt Allen's with me, and what's coming up in the world of hockey, Matt? I've got one thing written in front of me, and that is the International Olive Oil Tournament. The International Olive Oil Tournament. Olive Oil Tournament. tournament. Where, where would you think a tournament... Tournament? <laughs> I'm getting more Popeye on you there. Uh, where do you think a tournament... <laughs> where do you think a tournament... That's held in honour of olive oil would be held. I'll oh, be a big hockey playing country. Uh, Greece. No. Italy. No. They, they do. They've got a very strong social media presence. The Italian Hockey Federation. But no. Portugal. Close, but no. Australia. Oh, you're doing it deliberately now. Um, oh, oh, uh, Catalonia. Close. Part of Andorra. <laughs> Let's not get into Spanish France. politics at the moment. Let's just call it Spain. Spain! I knew I'd get there eventually. Yes. Uh, so what's going on at the International Olive Oil 
tournament, John? Well, some teams are playing against each other. In, um, in Spain at, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, J-A-E-N, Yuan, Yaen. In Spain, uh, Spain, Ireland and Belgium, the women are having a run around between the 28th of November and the 3rd of December there. A little round robin tournament. Yeah, it's interesting to see the, the games that are going to be coming up, um, on the lead into the, uh, hockey, um, the hockey world cup next year. Lots of these little tournaments, teams travelling all over the world. I know the Dutch men are coming uh, down to Australia um, in February. I believe Spanish women may be coming down um, this way as well, maybe a little bit before that. There's nothing been announced on that just yet, but I just uh, I have an inkling that might be happening. And uh, yeah, so all these little tournaments been happening all over the world, and uh, everyone's testing themselves out and getting their combinations right for the. Hockey World Cup and also for the uh, Commonwealth Games for, for a lot of teams as well. Yeah. And we've also got the Men's Asia Challenge happening from the 25th of November to the 2nd of December. Uh, Brunei, Malaysia, Hong Kong and Taipei. I think that might be Chinese Hong Kong and yeah, Chinese yeah, Taipei. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure officially. But those countries will be competing there. A little round-robin tournament for them as well. And uh, that helps with their places as far as rankings go for qualifying for the next Asia Cup and most importantly for those nations it's actually getting to get out and play against each other international teams that's right Um, what else have we got coming up oh well of course the men's final hockey world league from the 1st of December to the 10th and next week we'll be talking to Jaspreet Sani who is going to be in Bumaneshwa if I point to you you say that word okay I'm still not quite sure John I don't know uh, I'd, all I know is I get it wrong. Um, so we'll be talking to Jazz as a lead-up uh, to that tournament next week, and he'll give us a rundown of how he sees it happening. I think he's the only bloke in India we can talk to that um, will be barracking for another team. <laughs> we go for the Dutch, <laughs> won't you, Jazz? <laughs> Don't. He'll get into trouble. Yeah, he will. Actually, it's not, yeah, he probably would get into he trouble. He might not too. get his pitch side pass. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming up. We'll be across that next week. Well, that's uh, it's slowing down a little bit as we head towards Christmas. Yeah, so we're just we're giving it some bits of thought with regard to what we're going to be filling up those gaps with when there isn't so many live games to talk about. Oh, the stuff got... coming up after Christmas. We've got the men's, uh, you've got the um, indoor World Cup, and then the the women's World, uh, World Cup is not too much further down the track. There's a few things happening early next I'm year. I'm not worried about that, John. I'm just letting people know out there that there'll be a few a few different little features and things that oh. we're going to try and fit in um, that aren't necessarily news-related but might give you a different angle on, on hockey and, uh, yeah, we'll see where we go with that. Uh, it's all to come. All to come. And you are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and we're breaking new ground today, Matt. We've got two interviews. Time for the second one. Two, two interviews, John, and we're not only breaking new ground, we're moving forward into the modern world, and uh, the young lady that's joining us today is, uh, is helping us do that and has given us a kick up the bum to get onto Instagram, and so I'm going to welcome Kristen Payton here today, who's the, the captain of the Namaqualand Daisies in the upcoming South African Premier Hockey League, which kicks off this weekend. Welcome to the Reverse Stick, Kristen. Hi, guys. Sorry, a bit of a mouthful there from me. <laughs> no, no problem at all. So, yeah, the, uh, the PHL is about to get underway um, this weekend. And uh, can you tell us a bit about your team and uh, what's, what's going on there in South Africa? So, um, our team is the South African Under-21 team. 
Um, there are three different tournaments that it's the teams generally selected from. Um, there's an under-16 IPT or, or a national tournament, uh, under-18 and an under-21. So our squad was recently selected at, um, well, just after the under-21 IPT, which was about two months ago. Um, so it's quite a nice mix and match of girls between the age of 17 and um, girls turning 21 at the end of this year. Now, for those that didn't listen to Calvin Watts' interview a couple of weeks ago on the show, um, can you just tell us a little bit about why there is an under-21 team taking part in this Premier Hockey League? Yeah, sure, no problem. So most other countries in the world have centralised programmes, where unfortunately that's something that we don't have. Um, so all of this is in preparation for a Junior World Cup qualifier next year, and if all goes well there, then a Junior World Cup um, like I said, uh, we don't have a centralised program, so the time that we have to spend together in terms of training is really limited. So this is another platform that we can all get together and kind of implement a few things moving forward in our process. Yes, well, Calvin did mention a, a lot about process, and uh, certainly Sheldon Rostrum was looking to have similar patterns played throughout different teams, and it's all about gearing the sides up for um, pathways into, into the senior side. Um, yeah, sure. I agree there. I think um, that's one thing that other countries do really well in, in terms of their feeder system. Um, you know, they've got really competitive leagues and stuff overseas, and I think PHL kind of gives us a, a better step in stepping up our feeder system. So PHL, it's, it's being televised throughout Africa through Supersport. Um, can you feel the excitement building there at the moment, just a few days out? Uh, yeah, I think more nerves than excitement at the moment, but um, we'll definitely be excited when we step on the field on Saturday. So you're you're in camp at the moment with your team? Um, not yet. Everyone arrives on Friday, and um, then you know that'll be the first time that this group actually gets together. Um, we haven't had the chance to kind of train together before. Like I said, it's quite difficult not being uh, funded to try and have a centralised programme. So Friday will be the first time that everyone gets together, or the under-21 side at least. A lot of the other teams um, have retained players, so a lot of the other teams will stay the same. But um, for us, it'll be the first time on Friday. So that's also another thing that'll add to the nerves, I guess. And so you're, you're together for the whole what, three weeks of the tournament? Do, do you stay together throughout the whole tournament? No, so what happens is everyone arrives on a Friday and um, then there's games on a Saturday and Sunday. Sunday evening everyone goes home for the week and then we regather the following weekend. Right, so it is hard to, <laughs> to yeah, string it all together, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, obviously you're on today, uh, Kristen, because we're quite excited that we've launched an Instagram account and, um, and you're going to be taking over that account this weekend from fr Friday through to Sunday. So can you give us a bit of an idea of... Um, what we're signing ourselves up for. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's not a bad thing, doing stress. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, we just want to provide some insights into the South African Premier Hockey League. Uh, it's televised in South Africa, but it's obviously like small compared to other leagues world round. Um, so just an insight into what happens before and after the games, kind of life at the hotel, maybe introduce a few players, meet a couple of the senior national players, and, um, yeah, just get an insight into the quality of PHL and hockey in South Africa. I feel like I'm handing over the keys of the car to my 17-year-old daughter. Not that she's 17 yet, but uh, handing <laughs> over the keys and going, um, there you go, dear, drive safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I don't crash then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, no, I'm, well, I'm sure you've got a much better handle on it than either Matt or I do as far as what to do in these situations. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, that's one one thing about our generation in, in terms of social media. 
I think you can trust us with that. No, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it, uh, Kristen, and, and looking forward to see what comes out of it. And like, like you say, hopefully provide some great insight to what's going on in the PHL there. And uh, it seems like it's going to be a great tournament and a, and a good opportunity to move South African hockey forward. Yeah, no, I agree. And thank you so much for agreeing to this and uh, the podcast. I think it's great what you guys are doing. And, um, yeah, I think it's great to get all this information out there. Thank you for that. <laughs> John's just giving himself a little pat on the back there. I couldn't quite reach over. There. Yeah. Well, look, it's fantastic. So, we're, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch. We're looking forward to seeing what, the, what comes out on the uh, Reverse Stick Instagram account this, this weekend coming up. And good luck with the tournament. Do you, con- do you consider yourselves a, a good shout? Um, like I said, this weekend will be the first time that we get together as a group. So obviously the optimist in me says that I'd love a top four finish. But I think realistically speaking, after this weekend and um, after judging how far we are as a group, I think it would be better to say probably after our first two games, so Sunday. So you, you're only playing the two games across the weekend, Kristen? Uh, yeah, so one game Saturday, one game Sunday, okay. and then again the following weekend uh, it stays the same. Um, and then every team has one rest day, so one weekend where they'll only play one game. But yeah, one game a day over the weekend. I look, it'd be great, and hopefully the stadium to be nice and full with that free entry to get in. Um, you know, why would you not get down? Um, just for anybody who's in the local area that somehow might not know about the tournament, where can they catch the action? Um, so get down to Ramburg Astro um, or Ramburg Astro Complex. Um, it's great seats, great entertainment. There's a bar. There'll be food available, and obviously just great hockey on show. And we can find out about the South Africa Premier Hockey League through various social channels. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different means to get a hold of this information. Um, there's an Instagram account for PHL uh, SA underscore PHL. And same thing on Twitter, and then every single team has their own pages on Twitter. So, you know, if there's one team that you're really enjoying, you can get involved and um, chat to the players and stuff like that. All the accounts are run by players, so that's a really nice way to get involved with the public as well. We're only interested in one team, Kristen. It's yeah. Go the Daisies. Go Daisies. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, Kristen, how many, of, how many are in your squad? Um, in our squad, well, greater squad at the moment, there's 40, and then um, for PHL, 20 goals have been selected. And every okay. weekend, 18 goals um, come down on that weekend. So obviously there's two that are kind of Libros that can come in and out of the squad, which is great because I think it just gives the coach you know, another opportunity to see different players, and, and that's really cool. Well, did, will the other girls be there as well, or is it just the team um, that travels? No, uh, all the other girls have been drafted into other PHL teams. So... Okay. Um, if I can explain the makeup of the PHL teams, there's six marquee players, which are uh, senior national players, and then um, the next two drafts are under-21. So all under-21s are playing in PHL, which, again, is great because then everyone gets the exposure in, in moving forward to Junior World Cup. Oh, that's, that sounds great. You have to make sure they all say hello to us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try run after all 40. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great, Kristen. Look, we wish you all, all the best for the weekend. We're really looking forward to seeing what pops up on the Instagram account and uh, hopefully the, the wider hockey world can get on board the Premier Hockey League there in South Africa. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Cheers. That's okay, great, cheers. Kristen. Superb. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks, guys. Now, um, have you got an What's the best way to send a password through? Is it secure enough sending it on through on Twitter to you? Uh, 
Yeah, it probably is, isn't um, it? Yeah, it's, it's only be for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'll be okay. You could do instant messaging on that, can't you? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just do that. Look out for it Friday morning when you get up. Perfect. Thanks, guys. That's great. You have a great day, and you know maybe you can go back to bed and have another little lie down. <laughs> we're looking <laughs> we're looking forward to it, Kristen. It should be great. I'm really uh, excited actually because I know nothing about any of this sort of stuff. So yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. No. Cool. Thank you so much again, guys. Cheers, Kristen. Bye bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Yeah. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and that was Kristen Payton, who's going to be doing some Instagrammy stuff for us. Yes, an Instagram takeover. It's a first for us at The Reverse Stick, and what better place to start than with the Namaqualand Daisies in the South African Premier Hockey League, which kicks off uh, this weekend. And, uh, yeah, you know, even though there's lots of international tournaments and things going on, there's people making their own solutions around the planet and catering to their, their local market. And okay, it's a pretty big, wider local market. We're talking about South Africa, but something which is available to be viewed throughout Africa. Certainly, you know, there's uh, huge growth potential um, oh yeah, with, yeah, just huge growth potential over there, and it's you know small seeds are being sown at the moment, but uh, I think there's a like Calvin said the other week, there is an interest with younger groups in hockey, which isn't really being seen as much throughout the world as it's being seen in Africa and South Africa at the moment. Good to see, and I'm really looking forward to what comes out of our Instagram account this weekend. We have no idea. Got to keep our fingers crossed and. Uh, and hope that the lawyers aren't watching. No, no she's sure no, going to be fine. She's going to be fine. Everyone fairly level-headed, fairly level-headed girl. Yeah, well, yeah. Kristen's played uh, played at the Africa Cup of Nations recently, and uh, she's a captain of that side there with the under 21s So uh, she's uh, all set for for bright things. But it does lead us into a another part of the show. Oh. <laughs> Mm. So we're talking socials, so we might as well stay on the socials there. Um, I haven't been quite so busy on there this uh, this week. Some of you might have noticed that my time's been taken up making little animated gifts. Gifts. <laughs> Gift <laughs> you know, I thought the skill had you know long gone, but apparently they're they're oh in fashion that- on vogue and uh, gifts are back. So sorry if uh, if I've been bombarding you with them this week. What really. was that emergency beacon one you made? The emergency big. Oh, that's the take, uh, Instagram takeover um, oh, upcoming. Right. Um, one of the interesting things out of social socials this week, and we we put it out there. We get a little bit of feedback, but we want to we want to get more over the next week or so before we sort of report back on it. And that's with regard to the cost to watch hockey, um, specifically on the back of um, games from the Hockey World League in Auckland being broadcast through YouTube, and. Different countries having a pay-per-view model through YouTube, an existing broadcast deal, a free access via YouTube. Um, I've heard it's 99 cents a game in Canada. There's lots of different price points and things that are happening around and about. So we're going to work over the next couple of weeks to gather more of that information from you. If you're out there in the hockey world, please do uh, tweet to us or, or Facebook us or email us or Instagram us with... Uh, what it's costing you to access these games. Um, I'm really interested to see you know, wh- where the decision's been made. Um, and oh, Last week it was um, socio-economic grouping I was looking for. Oh, is that the word, was it? <laughs> socio-economic grouping. 
Now we did we did see one uh, a club in England, Surbiton was it, that posted something during the week where they said uh, five pound entry. Yeah, well this is back to last week's um, yeah, conversation yeah. we had around the white paper from WatchHockey.co.za and talking about the you know the the relative cost of, of going to watch a game. So yeah, Surbiton have got their is it Surbiton or Wimbledon, one or the other. I think it was Surbiton. Uh, Five pounds entry, and that's entry for both the men's ones and women's ones back to back, and you get a program thrown in for free. Which that's the bit that got me the program. I love a program. I love when you go to something, and it might just be a couple of folded over bits of paper put through the photocopier, and it's got. But I, I just like the idea of having those numbers in front of you, being able to identify players. Yeah, that's that sort yeah, of stuff. that's ex- exactly it. Is being able to look down at the card and go, "Who's that number 17? Oh, yeah, she's not bad, is she? You know, it's uh, yeah, it gives you an opportunity to stay abreast of the of, of the game properly. And you and, know, and on the back and, of the conversation, Australia, it's good for flying the sw- um, <laughs> swatting the flies as well. On the back of our conversation about numbers last week, you need a guide sometimes. <laughs> To know who that player is. Well, yeah, because you know you might assume that it's one player wearing a number nine, and it's an altogether different player. Yeah, and people get their hairs haircut and do silly things like that along the way, and they can look different from one week to another. That's right. Well, they do get haircuts. We, we probably need to listen into uh, into last week's show to get some of the references to to that. And look, off you go, go. Yeah. <laughs> it's available. <laughs> iTunes. Listen. <laughs> If you are on iTunes, why not mention iTunes there, John? Please do get on and give us a rating. And uh, if you've got the time, give us a review. There's still a few countries out there that we're not quite showing up on the ratings. So just give us a little four-star. Oh, go on, give us a five-star. Five. Uh, you know, we never hurt anybody. Now, the guy from Pakistan, Hockey Federation, is not going to look like that. Because I gave him a four-star rating and he sent me a message asking how come only four stars. <laughs> Somebody sent me a direct message on Instagram, funnily enough, saying, why didn't you like this picture that I, that I posted up? Um, I, don't, I don't know, I didn't realise I'd pressed something that said that I didn't like it. But I did have a conversation with him and, and it was all good. I, I would give him five stars, but you can't give people 100% because then you've got no room for improvement. Absolutely. You've got to leave room for improvement. So a couple of things, obviously, we've talked about, but we're just just coming up. Well, we've just uh, done an interview today with Keely Dunn over at FH Umpires for her upcoming podcast, Play On. So the first episode's due out out on that very, very soon. Um, As I mentioned before, uh, Atlas Hockey Dream Team competition gets underway. Um, We're just waiting for one or two players to be dropped out from the, the, the Spanish team and Everything else is complete and ready to go on there, so you can get online to hockeyman.net, go to upcoming tournaments, and click on the Atlas Hockey Hockey um, Dream Team, Atlas Hockey Dream Team Hockey World League Finals. You'll be able to find all the the terms and how to enter and all the different bits of information you need on our website at the reversestick.net forward slash Dream Team. And finally, then the Instagram takeovers coming up this weekend so you can catch up with what's happening uh, with the daisies there in the South African Premier Hockey League it's the opening weekend of the competition so looking forward to that if you're on Instagram get on and give us a like and of course as always if you're in the car on the way to a game on the way back from a game put it on the stereo and uh, let some of your fellow hockey lovers have a listen as well good to speak to you again mate Great stuff, John. Episode 24 in the bag. It is, and looking forward to the uh, Hockey World League finals over this weekend for the ladies. It's going to be great stuff. We'll see you next time.